You're listening to the Hard Liquor and Hunting Stories Podcast. Proudly brought to you by Bolt Action Coffee, Safari Club International, Calgary Chapter, and Best of Seven Barbers. Production assistance provided by Fighting Spirit Productions. Now, kick back with a cold one, relax, and enjoy our show. Welcome, 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 everyone. We're back. This is the Hard Liquor and Hunting Stories Podcast. Yes, Yes, we have been gone for some time. We've been dealing, grappling, wrestling with the worldwide pandemic. And you know what? That has had a real ill effect on our ability to get guests in the building. But alas, here we are. <laughs> One of the big challenges is when you have a podcast that's based on hard liquor and hunting stories. Well, you can't really do that remotely. Getting crushed remotely, like, uh, well, I don't know. It just doesn't have the same vibe. Today, I'm joined by terrific veteran hunter member of Backcountry Hunters and Angli- Anglers, correction, Tyrell. Woo! Welcome to the show, man. <laughs> hey, Mark. Thanks for having me, man. Oh, terrific. I know you You said you're feeling a little bit uncomfortable being on a podcast. Well, I don't know if you said that, but... Well, that sounds about right first time. So. Yeah, yeah. You know what? It just takes a few more drinks and everybody kind of loosens right up. Today, <laughs> we are drinking Moscow Mules. They're, uh, they're a terrific beverage. I know everybody has them. The whole reason we're drinking these, uh, everyone... Is primarily because, well, I had a ton of leftover vodka. I don't typically drink vodka. It's just always just something I have. I got some good old Alberta distillers. I think it's Alberta distillers. I don't know. If you want to see what it is, I'll post it up on the Instagram page. But that's currently what we're drinking. Moscow meal, nothing fancy. Ginger beer, a bunch of vodka, some lime juice. I think there's probably a lime or something in there. I don't know. We're drinking them out of the cool copper glasses, though, so I'm feeling fancy as fuck. But yeah. Mark, these are pretty tasty. I got to give it to you. Oh, nice. Well, we'll have we'll have few, and then I'll I'll talk more or I'll talk less. I don't know the way it normally goes. But Tyrell, man, tell us about yourself, man. Yeah, uh, my name is Tyrell Gowans. Um, I'm the uh, board member of the Alberta chapter for Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. I, I lead the uh, Land and Water Access Committee, and I also am the Canadian lead for Armed Forces Initiative. Awesome. So, what what is the Armed Forces Initiative for the uninitiated? It is a relatively new program within uh, Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. There's three programs, actually, through the Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. There's a Colligate program, which uh, incorporates, um, you know, Colligate students, university students, into uh, getting into hunting and angling or, or, or starting programs that are actually college-recognized or university-recognized awesome. on campuses. Um, there is the AFI, which is Armed Forces Initiative. And hunting for sustainability, which is, is, is parallel with the uh, Colgate program, basically what it does is, is it try and incorporates new, uh, try to incorpor- incorporate <laughs> new hunters who are uh, in the college level or ad- adult onset hunters and get them out there, get them involved with the uh, the conservation initiatives that are happening through BHA. Uh, but Armed Forces Initiative is, uh, I think, is the newest of the three programs, and it is designed uh, to incorporate veterans and active duty uh, serving members of the Canadian Armed Forces and the United States Forces into the conservation efforts of BHA. And there's there's three pillars within that program. Uh, there's the active duty pillar, uh, which is, you know, it's huge in the United States. In the United States, their yeah, their military sure. installments are a lot different than ours. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They're, they're bigger than, well, some Canadian cities, for they're sure. They're yeah. massive. And uh, man, man, oh man, they, they, they have uh, serving members that are, that are, Posted to those facilities uh, are allowed to hunt in a lot of these facilities. Like it's just oh, wow. a, it's a season, man. Yeah, so they they don't have to go anywhere. The opportunity's there. They've got game. They've got conservation officers. They're dedicated to those areas, uh, and and uh, so 
the installation clubs for Arms Forces Initiative that are that are backed by backcountry hunters and anglers. It, it gets them involved with the conservation efforts that are happening on base. Uh, and, and recently, I, I couldn't uh, tell you which which installment it was, but I know in the United States they they just installed uh, guzzlers. So BHA um, and the Armed Forces Initiative got a, a bunch of team members from the installment. They went out to the training area. Uh, and there was a fire there that had burnt out a bunch of these guzzlers, and it's a fairly—it looked like a fairly arid area. Okay. Uh, and these guzzlers are basically giant reservoirs or big containers, basically to you know hydrate the wildlife in there. Oh, cool! And so they reinstalled that. They're, they're working towards keeping the, the game levels there, managing game, keeping it healthy—you know, the healthy population so they can continue to hunt and angle uh, in these areas. So they, they've got a really good uh, active duty program. They've—they've they've been pushing it really hard. They've had some great success. Uh, that's something, obviously, with the pandemic here in Canada, we kicked it off early in 2021. So we haven't had a huge, uh, haven't had a huge headway with that. But we have recruited uh, our first uh, active duty uh, personnel, someone serving in the Canadian Armed Forces, and he's out of British Columbia. He's actually in Comox there. Okay, so awesome. We're, we're, Ooh, live the coastal life. Oh, buddy, oh, yeah. Man, spoiled. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, man. No, it's uh, it's awesome. We, we were going to try and tap into that a lot more, actually. So. That's something we're going to be pursuing. The other, uh, there's two other pillars within the Armed Forces Initiative. Um, so they've got the legislative uh, platform, a legislative pillar, where they're taking the veteran and trying to put him into um, into conservation efforts, where you're communicating with uh, policies of BHA and applying them towards advocacy of conservation and public lands preservation. So, uh, and, and, and it's not just for, uh, preservation. It's also to, f- you know, move, move hunting and angling more accessible for veterans and, and serving members. And that's something we tapped into here in Alberta, uh, a group of us from the AFI committee here, we, uh, drafted a letter to the minister of environment, environment and parks here in Alberta, try and get some uh, recognition, uh, recognition or token of appreciation for veterans and armed forces members uh, with, through uh, discounts and, and license incentives. I, this is not new to Canada either. I know right. it's just, I, I think Saskatchewan, yeah. Saskatchewan, that's right. For sure, yeah. Saskatchewan, they have free bear hunting licenses for all veterans across the country. So you and I, we can go down Saskatchewan and uh, put a bear hunt, and it's free. So is that is that just the tag that you get, or is that like uh, so in Alberta, like your wildlife certificate? Is that covered, or is it just the actual tag? I'm not 100 percent sure on oh, that. Okay, cool. I've no never worries. hunted in Saskatchewan, but the I, the bear license is free. Ah. Um, Ontario uh, fishing license for um, um, for for veterans is free. Uh, so yeah, it's something that's it's already there's already a precedent set for that. So we drafted the letter and tried to move that forward here in Alberta. Awesome. I know that uh, BC is looking at doing the same thing or trying to poke their government to try and uh, get that token of pre- appreciation out there for AFI. Like that's just what you can, man. Right? Yeah, yeah buddy. absolutely. So that's man. part of the legislative pillar, and then uh, thirdly uh, would just be the veteran pillar, basically incorporating veteran pro- into into a program here with BHA uh, in the United States through their legislation. Uh, sorry, their veteran pillars. They've they've um, conducted something called a dual skills camp uh, or dual skills program. So, so what does that involve? Yeah. So what they're doing is getting veterans uh, who are already you know members who are already hunters. They're not necessarily new to hunting, but they're getting right. uh, hunters who are interested in BHA that are veterans onto a program where they have a very small uh, ratio of, of participants to mentors and they take them on a hunt, uh, they mentor them through the program and, and there's two aspects to it. There's, uh, there's the tactile, so they're actually teaching them how to, you know, the, how the to hands hunt. on, hands on, this yeah. is how you hunt this certain species. Doing, and, doing the mentorship. And, right, and, the yeah, mentorship. Okay, cool, awesome. Yeah, and then there's the cerebral uh, where they 
they sit around the campfire and crack a couple suds in the evening and they talk about uh, basically public lands 101. And awesome. Now this, it's a little different in the United States and Canada, but the, the, the concept is the same where they're talking about uh, conservation and how do you get involved? How do you reach out to your government? Because it's at the end of the day, it's, it's us that are actually and, advocating for the... Yeah, because public lands, that is something that is not a given. No. They are always being taken and taken and taken away. And you look at a lot of places. There's some areas, I know the United States, for example, there are some states where there's no public land. And uh, you go to Europe, that public land, no, that is not a thing. That does not. Yeah. yeah and, and to see that disappear would be uh, rather unfortunate. And, and what I've seen uh, in the news quite a bit, I know BCHA, you guys are very involved in uh, preserving public land as, it, as is. Um, I know there's some things going on here in Alberta. Do you want to discuss that at all? Or? Mm-hmm. And you're, you're, you hit the nail on the head there, buddy. Yeah, we were, uh, our, our, one of our main focuses is to preserve public lands and increase or maintain access to it for right. the hunter and the angler. Uh, here on the eastern slopes uh, of the Rocky Mountains, this is not new news to most Albertans here, uh, but big news actually. Yeah, yeah I, have some ra- I have some rancher friends in the area and they're, uh, they're very concerned. Yeah, yeah, and, and, yeah. And, and again, this is not just uh, it's not just BHA that's actually getting involved with this. There's actually quite a few groups. Yeah, there's a there's a coalition of, uh, of various groups, and it kind of makes for strange bedfellows at times. But everybody kind of has the same desire. Uh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. and it works well. The the, the collaborations and and the uh, the connections you're making, and it's good to have you know friendships with people that may not be completely aligned with what you're yeah, all yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right? But you yeah. find common ground, and actually, that ends up working a lot better for everyone in the long run. But uh, we've had some some positive success with that, and and, and I got to give it to the Alberta government on this one. Uh, although they, you know, how this came to be was not necessarily a popular event. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're they're uh, they're listening now. They're listening, man, and I got to give it to them in that sense. They they we've had some very positive response from them. Uh, directly, you know, in, in response to some of the letters we fired off, uh, you know, Grassy Mountain Project, all permits have, have been uh, completely ceased. There, there, there's going to be no permits issued for Grassy Mountain. Uh, Tent, Tent Mountain, uh, that mine project, um, it was originally under, uh, I'm going to kind of go off the wing here and say it was provincial jurisdiction for the assessment, basically. Okay. But when you look at what they were trying to, or the capacity for you know, procurement and, and withdrawing, you know, coal from the ground, obviously. It, it was borderlining what would call for uh, a federal uh, okay. impact assessment. And, uh, you know, we, we obviously brought that to attention. A lot of people looked at that and said, no, this has got to be something that's assessed on the federal level. And that has, has happened. So the, 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 uh, the impact on the environment, the impact on the public lands and throughout, I mean, this is, we're talking about waterways, we're talking about water sources, and then obviously for, for a lot of uh, fish and people even, um, it, it, it's now under federal assessment. So we, we've had some positive, definitely had some positive outcomes with, for, from the government. On, well, it's awesome to see yet. you guys pick up the ball and, uh, and get over the goal line like that. Like I've been watching it fairly regular. Um, I, had a, I had a friend of mine who, who farms in the area and has kind of, um, kind of reached out to me. Um, I, I know her, her brother was a friend of mine. I, I, I um, grew up with him, went to high school with him, played football with him, and he was actually killed in uh, 2007. Okay. Back in Afghanistan. But you know what? That's, that's a topic for another day here. We're trying to keep it, <laughs> keep it fresh, keep it happy. But so, hey, man, you, you talk about adult onset hunters, and I wonder if this is your experience as well. Like my family always hunted, and they kind of got out of it. And I find a lot of people who are kind of getting into hunting now, like that's kind of the same story. There was somebody in their family or their family hunted at one point in time. And then stopped. And do you find that's kind of the case when you when you start these programs? Is people who had somebody in their family, or is it people who are just brand new? Didn't don't they don't have the old photos in a photo album in somebody's house? 
that nobody knows about or anything like that? Or is it more kind of people just picking up the mantle of this kind of lost tradition? I would say, it, it, to be honest, from the people that I've, I've met through through the organization and just from on my own, it's it's split down the middle. There's obviously a okay. lot of people with, with fathers or patrilineal uh, heritage where you've, you've kind of it's come down to them. They've inherited rifles or they've you know oh, gone hunting I with love, their grandfather or father and so on. And it's 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 awesome, um, and that's that's how I got into it myself. My, my father was a hunter as well, that's but uh, a lot of a lot of people who are getting involved in these organizations and really putting a dent in some of the mandates and they're they're adult onset hunters and they just decided to made made the choice to get into it and i know several of them and uh it's great to see man and i think a lot of it has to do with obviously there's uh social media there's uh netflix there's oh, media oh i love media and, and, i love media oh, like i've never seen anybody make hunting more palatable and uh bang on yeah. you, you know what steve Vernella, i really i really sent a shout out to his skills as a as a writer like i, I think he has a master's degree in literature just uh have, the, you, have you read any of his books i have one right there i'm actually reading it with my son right now i've got his book about uh buffalo american icon oh dude so i've actually read it before and um it was strange. I was reading his book, and the day I finished it, they were talking about the Banff National Park buffalo mm-hmm. herd mm-hmm. that had increased. So I actually sent them a message, and they they responded. So I was I was super pumped because I will admit I'm a fucking fanboy, and uh, I'm I'm actually I've actually reached out to them uh, a few times, try to get him to speak here in Calgary. So hopefully hopefully like we can get him uh, in 2022 sometime. One of the challenges I have because I have that terrific last name. Um, <laughs> most of my emails end up in people's spam folder. So I don't, I don't know. I think I got to get a different, uh, I might have to use our actual podcast page. Maybe I'll book him for an event and maybe I'll put it on an event. I don't know. Cause I love being outdoors. I love being in the field. Mm-hmm. There's a whole bunch of these mm-hmm. skills you kind of have and, and kind of getting into the field. I don't want to say it's validation because you know, is there validation for those skills? No, there's not, but it's just, uh, it, it brings that passion back. You're in the outdoors, you're doing stuff. You have a purpose. I can't do just regular hiking. You're, you're, you're uncomfortable as fuck and you, you've got yeah, an objective. I, yeah. Okay. Walk here, walk back. Fuck it. Okay. Yeah. I got some sandwiches with me. I got some water with me. What do they call it? It's delayed gratification, buddy. And there's not a lot of the military really, but no, uh, no, but no, not at all. Yeah. It's yeah, like exactly. that, better. Yeah. yeah, so like the fact that you actually have a purpose, you're out there, you're looking for something, you're using, and, and it's and it's the challenge of the sport, and, yeah. and uh, yeah. you know I think that's something like because my my family stopped hunting long long ago because the idea of hunting for sport I think was kind of lost on my dad and my uncle. They're like, no no no, you hunt to eat, like hunting for fun because I think they were just so miserable as kids. <laughs> and, and I remember my dad and my uncle telling me this story. They uh, they they had a single break action shotgun. And at the time, you could only hunt waterfowl in the morning. I don't know if that's true or not, but this is just what they told me. And uh, if they didn't hit anything that morning, well, they went breakfast and they were going to school Ooh. hungry. And I remember hearing that. I was like, oh, man, that sucks. But also, like, God, you guys got to shoot birds before you went to school every morning? That's so badass. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, I don't know. That's just me, man. But so, sir, you're uh, currently on the board, uh, Backcountry Hunters and Anglers, Alberta chapter. It's Alberta chapter. It's Alberta like chapter. There, there, there's three okay. chapters in the in the country right now. Okay, right? Alberta chapter, British Columbia chapter, and uh, the Yukon as well. Oh, fantastic! Um, and we're relatively new here in Canada. I mean, it's uh, we got a lot of way, uh, you know, a long way to go to where we we want to be. Uh, so the national national chapter and national board of directors is something we can maybe look at uh, at developing here in the near future. It's Oh, that's awesome. It's well, well it's always good to have, kind of have that coalition or at least some kind of coordination. The one challenge I, I think is when you when you expand these organizations, there's always friction. <laughs> but hopefully you can get a lot of like-minded individuals going together. Um, <laughs> excuse me. So 
You're hunting. You got a hunting story for us, man? Got anything that stands out in your mind? Like hunting, hunting, yeah. Well, any, I mean, anything gone gone poor? Anything gone great? Or, or well, I, 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 I don't know a favorite hunt that comes to mind. Or do, a favorite do, hunt? You know, I'll give you a favorite hunt. I'll give you a couple strike. Or, or do you have one coming. that just was there a moment when you were hunting as a young man that just kind of hooked you and you knew this was this was you? Well, uh, well, no. I mean, oh, okay. I, I, well, yeah, that's I, awesome. actually quite the opposite. And uh, I had a few popped in my head here, Mark. But I guess I'll stick to this one. My very first hunting trip where. I had some success because uh, we. My dad, he was uh, he was the one who introduced me to hunting. He awesome. was uh, um, he hunted a lot of uh, small game and bird, mostly ducks, when he was a, a young man. But he became a butcher, uh, meat cutter, and got into big hunting. And and you know that was actually when my sister and I were already around. He got into big game hunting, so it wasn't uh, wasn't something he'd been doing for a tremendous amount of time. Uh, but eventually, yeah, I, I was of age, and he started taking me out. Um, so and so where whereabouts? Just uh, just curious. Like, are, are you from Alberta? Alberta? I'm fr- I'm from Alberta. Uh, Where, where's home originally? At Edmonton. Edmonton. So, oh. Sorry, dude. <laughs> ah. uh, it's okay. <laughs> no, man. Shout it's out to Hawaii. We are all Albertans. We are all Albertans. Oh yeah, we're a little different though. Yeah, 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 the further yeah, you go north, there's definitely a difference. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I know. I know what you're talking about. Sorry, sorry. I don't want to. Sorry, guys. Yeah, sorry, everybody. But hey, uh, no worries, man. Um, yeah, we hunted in northern Alberta. A lot of it northwestern Alberta. Um, and pretty pretty old school, just hitting the roads, finding cut lines and Beauty. finding open areas all on public lands. You know, we didn't have any permission or know anyone that had that kind of land opportunity. But we went out, and and my dad, being an educator, he was uh, he was a teacher in Edmonton Public School. Uh, he eventually got to uh, become a principal. He's a principal for the last good portion of his of uh, of his time as a teacher or in the education cool. industry. Right but uh, Anyhow, with that, we really only had the opportunity to hunt on weekends. So we went out, man. If it was brown, it was down. We took every opportunity. We, you know, the supplemental tags, the whole nine yards. It was beauty. We, it was a mission. And uh, but that being said, it was a great exposure. Um, but my my first successful hunt with my father was uh, not a good one. We never recovered the animal. Um, we came up on a clearing. We sat and. Lo and behold, a couple of those came mm-hmm. out and my dad set me up. He got me into a decent position and I was shooting a, a 303 Lee Enfield. So I probably oh, had better luck classic. throwing the fucking thing at the animal. <laughs> but uh, anyhow, uh, the 303 Lee Enfield uh, took a shot. Deer took off like a scolded cat. And, uh, you know, it, it was actually really... It was kind of a long shot to think of with a 303. However, uh, my dad said, okay, we're not sure if we got a tie, but let's go down and have a look. He said, you stick to this edge of the of this this clearing here. I want you to stay on the edge, and I'm going to go where you shot, where that deer was. I'm going to take a look and maybe just check through the bush and have a look for blood. Uh, it was late November. It was snowing like crazy, so it, time was essential. Late in the day. Sorry, how, how old were you at this time? God, I must have been 13. Oh, nice. Perfect. Yeah. 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 So... I go tromping down in a what triple XL, XL uh, blaze orange shoe. I'm probably tripping over the bloody thing. I got a 303 Lanfield in my hands. I must have looked like a train wreck coming that, down you, there. So you, I, that is so, that is so Canadian though. I oh, love oh, it. Buddy. I love it. The old the old Sears cat or sorry not even Sears e- Eaton catalog rifle. Oh, buddy. Yeah, beauty. Yeah, yeah, super big. You'll grow into it, Tyrrell. <laughs> anyway, I go down and uh, I get to the base, and I'm I'm standing next to the tree line. I'm just at the edge of the clearing. And uh, my dad goes down and he takes a look at where the deer was standing and he starts heading into the bush. So I just stand there and I'm kind of not sure what to expect. I take a look up 
And there's a deer coming my way, coming out of the bush. My dad going in had obviously spooked out whatever was in there. And whether or not it was the same deer I had shot at earlier, this doe had come out right in front of me, um, put the put the rifle up, took a shot, and away away it went. Um, the deer was hit good, a lot of blood. Uh, it crossed crossed a small creek, and uh, my dad and I started having to look at how to get around the creek, and that was a downfall. So. It was probably about, I'd say, 20 feet across. It looked deep, and it was snowing, but you could see a lot of moisture on the top of the snow. Like, this creek wasn't frozen solid. And uh, my dad said, Ty, we're going to have to drive around and you know, see if we can find a, on the map, we can see if we can find a bridge or a way across that river, because you are not going across that ice. And uh, <laughs> it got me down, man. The tracks, it was clear as day where the deer had gone, and I, I, I it's pretty photo, I can, I can remember, remember it very well. And uh, I would say that deer had a very high chance of, of, of dying. But we never found the bridge. There was no way to cross. We checked a few different spots, a lot of moisture on the, on the, on the ice. So, so time to improvise? <laughs> Matty, looking back, I should have just gone, man. I should have done, done it and just tied a rope. But, but anyway, uh, that might, maybe my first hunting experience was, uh, was a downer. I mean, I never recovered this animal. And it, oh, was, it wasn't safe to bummer. do so. Yep. So it was... Uh, I wouldn't say it delayed my 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 experience or what, what, you know my my want to keep on pursuing, but it 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 was real, you know, and it taught me actually quite a valid lesson of of, of you know what you should do, where you should do it, or, or you know obviously there's there's luck involved, but um, it was it was a good lesson, and uh, from then on we had a great success actually. There's, there's a certain rawness I think, and uh, I I try to explain it a lot in a, to a lot of people, and it's you, you look at a TV uh, and there's this very sanit it's very sanitized what you see if you're watching a, a televised hunt. It's mm -hmm. not really the same. And when you go there, the the raw emotion that goes with everything, like the uh, the adrenaline of the shot, just the I don't even know how to describe. It. There's just something wired deep in your DNA. And when you make that shot, there's so much excitement. There's there there's remorse. There there's joy. There's it's just this wave of emotions. That's almost that's a that can be a challenge. Deal with it as a young man. I bet you it was uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. quite overwhelming and. Then when you have kind of it go the opposite way of oh no there like I can only imagine the the impact of that for sure it's it's something that I, I think if you hunt long enough it's going to happen to you you're yeah. gonna, you're going to not recover an animal if you're the and it's uh, I I don't you know I don't look back at it as a negative experience it was it was definitely very educational but I think it, it gave you that that it gave me the knowledge of of how bad it could get and what you know to owe it to the animal to make a really well-placed shot and know that it's going to go down and know what's around you and, and look at your surroundings and all, all the above, basically. But yeah, it was a ruthless lesson. <laughs> but uh, like I said, I had an awesome mentor. My father was excellent. And uh, to this day, we, we hunt all the time together. But uh, him being uh, such a, a wicked example, like I said, he was a meat cutter by trade prior to being an oh, educator. So your butchering skills are on point then. We cut friend. our own animals up. Yeah, we, that's, we, that's the only way to do oh, it. Oh, yeah, buddy. Yeah. But... Uh, God, it wasn't even that long ago. It, it, he's, he's getting up there, but I usually just let him do the most of it because <laughs> he's just that efficient. Oh, it's yeah. It's fantastic. I've really gained my skills over the last few years. I don't know if I've shared this on the podcast before. I remember one year, um, I was kind of late coming home because I was at a friend's house just west of town here, and I ended up shooting, shooting a deer on their property, and my wife was having a book club that night. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> I, I, I used to have a heavy bag in my garage because, you know, I was one of those dudes, right? Oh, go yeah. get the heavy bag, I'll get swole. Like, just go full on MMA in my garage. So I used to take the heavy bag down and I put a game hanger on there and that's where I would hang my deer to Beauty. butcher up. So 
my wife, she was having uh, a book club that evening, and I just shot a deer before her book club started. So there, I, I, there was no snow on the ground. So I drop this deer carcass, and I drag it across my driveway and into my garage, and I hang it up. And I don't know, at this, at this time, like, I don't know, not too many of her friends knew who the hell I was. They just, I, they didn't know me from a hole in the wall. So they pull up for book club, and there's just this bloody trail uh, <laughs> across my driveway leading into my garage. <laughs> And a few of the ladies were like, oh, my God, what's what's going on? Am I at the right house here? And it was kind of getting a little warm in my garage. And, you know, I wanted the meat to be cold while I was cutting it up. So I ended up opening the garage up. So there was these women dressed to the nines showing up for wine and book club. And there I was with my garage open, head to toe covered in blood. Hey, what's going on? Like, they, they just the Welcome. look of pure terror <laughs> at a lot of these poor women's faces because they had no idea what was going on. And the crazy thing is, like, it was a while before snow came and kind of got the blood off my driveway. And... I recall thinking in that moment, like, because none of my neighbors said a thing. No one said a thing. I was like, God, you know, like, is this why so many serial killers, like, their neighbors, like, I had no idea. I had no idea. Or <laughs> do people just see this blood on my driveway and we're like, that's none of my business. And just kind of going to cover their eyesight and carry on walking, right? But yeah, yeah, you know, I think it's, it's, it's a whole other part of the experience cutting up your animal. And, and lately I've been kind of getting into, I bring a couple of uh, straps into the field. I find the nearest tree and I'm cutting up right there. Yeah. It's just uh, I, I I don't know. Is that your experience? Like, was it was your old man say? Was the best time to cut up your cut up your game? It, well, obviously, it's dependent on uh, you know where you are in location. You know, if you can get the animal back to your well, vehicle yeah. or whatnot. Well, yeah, it sounds like you're mostly a backcountry guy too. So I think quartering is is probably the name of the game. For it sure. certainly is, in, in a lot of hunts. Uh, but and, and that, no, actually, be honest, I'd say fifty fifty. Okay. I mean, backcountry hunters really, you know, you don't have to go in that far to find really good areas. Yeah, and, totally. Uh, you know, hunting public lands is public lands, whether you're, you know, 20 yards off the road or two, two miles. But uh, um, with my dad, you know, him being a little older than me, uh, you know, a lot of the time, a lot of the hunting's were, hunting we do is actually fairly close to the road or if we can. And uh, But no, yeah, we quarter a lot uh, if we have to. Obviously, getting it out in a pack is, is certainly a lot easier than dragging across the ground for, for quite a ways. So, yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah, man, there's a downside to that too. But uh, yeah, quartering if we have to, and it really it comes down to if, uh, the packability. If, if, you're in a, if you're in a nice clear area where you can actually manage to get it out in one piece, that's great. But usually, no. Yeah. You're going to have to quarter that thing and, and get it into a reasonable pack and, and start making your way I'm out. I'm pretty lucky. I hunt a ton of prairie, which is typical for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just because I, I enjoy that private access. But, dude, we'll, we'll go hunting this year. We'll, we'll have a time. Trust <laughs> yeah. me. It'll be, it'll be golden. Oh, buddy. I got, I, got, I, got a, I got a few people will meet up. It'll be, it'll be golden. So, your old man, what, uh, what wisdom did he impart? Is there any particular skills or, or, or any tips that he's kind of sage wisdom that the the senior serving hunter has passed on to you my friend oh man it, you know there's obviously a lot of small tips but a lot of it has to do with after the fact you know and, oh 100 uh, percent. yeah it's a whole other sport yeah 100 <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's everyone's there's a hundred different ways to skin this cat but uh there there's there's ways that work really well and there's ways that don't work all you know all that well but uh he showed me some excellent tips and, and, and ways to do things um just just taking care of it um you know how long to hang it or if you have to or if you should and which you know pretty partial to depending on the species sometimes you do sometimes you don't but uh he's very knowledgeable in that respect um and just tips to keep you know sharp knives uh always know, have a sharp knife very sharp knife yeah like uh hard I, steel yeah i like those havilons like the you know the surgical oh, yeah. blades yeah, yeah those are those are just terrific i i, I quite like them and you go to Africa, God, the amount of knives those guys have. They go with a bucket of knives to, to cut stuff up. And <laughs> yeah. then, oh, man, their their skill is amazing. It really makes me feel like I thought I possessed skills. No. No, I feel very novice, and I feel very humbled around those guys. And 
One of the things I like, dude, I don't know if you're the same way. I like going hunting with guys who are a little more long in the tooth than me who've been kind of in the game for quite a bit longer. And there's, a, you, you know, you, you described it exactly perfect. There's more than one way. And, it, oh, yeah. and it's always it's always great to just learn something new because every time I go out, you know, if you're not if you're not expanding your knowledge, then well, well, what are you doing? That being said, you know, some of the greatest stories, like I can tell you a story about a really good friend of mine who I hunt with quite a bit now. Uh, who neither of us really knew what the hell we were doing uh, when we first went hunting together. And trial and, and error is a real thing, man. They and make that, the best stories, you. buddy. They, yeah, they're for great sure. for podcasts, I'll tell you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, a good friend of mine, Matt, um, who hunts with me my father quite often now. Uh, we have a pretty good group going on. But uh, he's a colleague of mine. We were on a job together. And lo and behold, we had, the, the, you know, had hunting in common. And yeah, it was midsummer. Anyhow... We were talking, okay, let's uh, let's plan something. We're going to have a pretty big lull after this job. What do we want to do? We want to go hunting. And uh, We decided let's just do something we've never, neither of us had done before. And we looked at uh, going after bighorn sheep. Trophy oh, sheep. oh yeah, way cool. <laughs> oh, man. I really miss my hill climbing ability when it comes to that. But, oh, man. Oh, buddy. So tell, tell me about it. That is, that is one of the premier hunts I think you can do out here. It is. And, and, uh, and we just... We went full send, man. We just chucked it. And, uh, oh yeah, buddy. <laughs> oh yeah, but and if you could do it any worse, I'd be surprised because we were packing in stag chili, canned meat, like heaviest crap you could eat. Oh to eat. fuck me. Uh, just calorie rich. I was using an Alice frame oh. with a valise. Oh, right. oh, yeah. oh buddy, Good, yeah, going was, straight old school. Oh buddy, yeah. And I really didn't have a lot of gear. And that was, and I, I tell you, that hunt actually was what got me into the transition of of, of buying something lighter, buying some high speed gear, and really dabbling into uh, testing equipment but that was a lesson because oh man there's a good yeah there's a lot of good aspects of the story so we yeah we went up really earlier in the morning we had e-scouted an area um in the rockies and uh looked at success rates looked at all the aspects you know via internet and decided okay this is what we're gonna do we're gonna we're gonna climb this mountain oh god the the internet pool of hunting tips <laughs> yeah. let's get above the tree line <laughs> <laughs> find a sheep and uh so <laughs> Anyway, we were packing way too much weight, and we decide we're gonna we're gonna carb load carb load in the morning. We won't have to eat as much during. The- oh <laughs> so, God! Okay. So we <laughs> well, we hit up the old twenty four hour. I think it was Denny's or what was the what's the other? Uh, another Denny's, Ricky's, Humpties. Anyway, some awful twenty four hour breakfast joint, and we packed down the carbs, and we're like, "Oh, this is great. This is gonna work." Just no, the greasiest, why grossest no one ever shit ever. This? Oh man. <laughs> so anyway, we. We get to where we're like the end of the road where we're going to start packing in. And uh, by that point, my guts are starting to rumble. Like something's not <laughs> going good in there. Thought, well, whatever. Let's just do this. So we, we pack up and we start walking. And we're walking up a, a pretty big river. We're, we're, we're going to walk in quite a ways. And when we get to the, the region that we're, we've e-scouted, we're going to start heading up. So you can start percolating pretty much immediately then. Oh, buddy, it was, <laughs> it was juicy all the way, man. I had to make quite a few stops. And, and, but it had only affected me in the first portion of the day. So sun comes up, we're all good. And I, I think I'm okay at this point. I'm hydrating. I'm getting rid of some of the weight via drinking. It's all good. <laughs> and uh, so we get to the, the base of this monstrous mountain. And uh, one of the, fa- the things we, we failed to do was... Uh, Check out topography. Oh, you know how, how Wait, fast? Doesn't have a fucking map f- with you? Like, come on! <laughs> oh, we did. We're just, you know, we're just roughing it. But uh, yeah, this thing was fucking straight up. So, whatever, we're gonna do it. We got all day. We start making our way up, and uh, 
and it's sketchy. We're, we're we're scrambling. We're scrambling with a lot of weight in our back to to, to boot. So it's just a scree scree run the whole time. The whole way on all fours. We're Ugh. grabbing trees and going, and, and it was miserable. And the the rain kicks in. The hail kicks in. The winds kick in. It's so, all so you got some good old uh, yeah, Alberta all uh, season. Yeah. This is yeah. This is this is what sheep sheep country is. It's it's, it's brutal. So we get up and uh, man, we just clear the tree line and. Uh, we're okay. Okay, we're 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 close to glassing territory here. We're doing all right, and I gotta I gotta let you know that this guy Matt, like I said, this someone I don't really know. I've, he's a colleague. I've mean, never hunted with the guy, and we're on a sheep hunt, and uh, it, the ice hasn't really like I haven't drunk with the guy before, which is <laughs> terrible. Oh, so what? You don't know if you can trust the guy. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, here we are. We're climbing up the side of this cliff, and he goes, "Oh fuck!" He says, "It's time." And I'm like, "What do you mean?" He's just, "Whatever you got, I got." Like or whatever it was. So um, so the gut tickle finally hit him that late, and it was like right meow. <laughs> and you guys are you guys are on the screen, the sound of Mal- God. You know what? I've uh, I've unleashed the fury from my guts in a lot of odd places, uh, like Australian beaches, Australian beaches, <laughs> <laughs> Canadian lakes. Got to leave your DNA uh, everywhere, side buddy. Of a boat. <laughs> you know what? Side of a mountain. Man, I'm trying to just think of the mechanics of my brain. Well, it'll get better. Oh, okay. So, Sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Carry on, then. No, I'm, I'm telling you, man. I am all you're, you're brewing up exactly what's happening. So he's got to go, and we're in a we're in a shitty spot. We just cleared the tree line. And, <laughs> pun intended. And, uh, pun intended. And uh, I, we had just kind of come up this ledge. Was, anyway, so I'm looking left. I'm looking right, and I'm saying, okay, well, I'll give you some privacy you know, we haven't even farted around each other yet, let alone crap. So and, I was like, he's okay. getting ready to just unleash a mudslide. He's ready, man. He's prime. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so stand by. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm looking left or right. I'm like, well, fuck, I can't go left or right. There's not really nothing between us. We're, we're above the tree line. I got to go down. I'm like, okay, give me like, give me a few seconds. I'm going to go down and get behind like the closest tree I can find. You do your thing. Oh yeah. Okay. 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 So I start sliding down. And I, I get about five feet, and I hear it. <laughs> he, he, he did not hold on very long. Anyway, I could literally hear the pitter-patter of fucking liquid shit splatting down oh, next to look up. And there's Matt's neon white ass letting loose <laughs> like 20 feet from me. Anyway, but then that, that really broke the ice. And, you know, after that, since then, we've been uh, really, really close. Uh, <laughs> great hunting partners. <laughs> and we hunt, well, we hunt together quite a bit. So that was... Uh, yeah, it was uh, my first experience and only experience hunting sheep. We, we never uh, turned up any rams. But man, oh man, it, it, like I said, it, it was a precursor to me looking into my gear, you know, uh, and, and really what are you going to bring and weight counts and everything counts and getting into do wicked uh, rain gear, all the rest of it because well, I was in jeans and a plaid shirt. <laughs> oh, that's beauty though. That's <laughs> yeah. old school, man. There's a, there's a whole page on Instagram. I'll, just, I'll show it to you offline here and it's uh, it's these guys. Oh shit, what are they called? They're like the red plaid mafia or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just guys wearing mullets posting pictures of them taking deer in red plaid. I'm like, that is so so rad. <laughs> but the uh, but you know what? I think it's because we get so used to garbage gear, especially in the Canadian forces because, oh, yeah. oh dude, what the fuck was well, that 84 work, pack? Work for me then. 84 pack or 82 pack? Whatever the fuck. That 80s pack, that fucking shitty coat hanger rucksack. Oh, yeah, the wire frame. Yeah, yeah, what you're talking about. Yeah. The fuck design? Anyway. <laughs> Someone terrible. We're, yeah, we're so used <laughs> to garbage. And then uh, I remember the first, um, like, like I had backpacks and shit before, like as a kid and camping and hunting and whatever. And then I remember uh, I bought a backpack for hunting. 
and it was, it was from Easton Outdoors. And when it showed up, and I, and I was like, "What? The, where's this thing been all my life? Oh, my God, <laughs> it's so not Like, oh, yeah. carries weight like nothing. It's got all this accessibility. It's got like a built-in light in the top so you can see inside the bag <laughs> and dark. Like, oh, man, it's just unreal. And so, some of the gear out there, like, holy crap, like there's... And, and then even now, like, I think there's just there's so much more stuff on the market. Like, um, well, like, like it's really... Uh, it's been really fascinating for me, I guess, in the last 10 years to see how much gear is out there. And like, oh, man, there's some premium prices that are being charged. Oh, it. yeah. And I think a lot of that it touches on what you and I were chatting about before with you know Netflix and social media and then YouTube. All the hunting exposure that's happened over the cult that's developed. And, oh uh, God, it's 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 like this weird market and like uh, oh, that, that that to me makes some hunting shows unwatchable. And oh yeah, be, because a guy will be like, oh, luckily I'm gonna make the stock with my blah 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 ammunition of yeah, core lock. Blah, my blah, blah, Ford F three fifty got me here. Yeah, yeah. It's just <laughs> yeah. oh my God, it's just very it, commercial. Yeah, it's 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 awful. And to me, it, it takes away the experience and it totally robs of, of what it is. And and you know, I get I get the criticism from an outside observer. Like yeah, you know, being a hunter, you're watching, you're like, oh, for fuck's sakes. Like you just you you just want it gone and over with. And a lot of these shows, like I, I, I get it because they're they're pitching a lot of outfitters and they're selling that trigger pull. But yeah. I, but I think uh, for guys of our generation of hunters, it's so much more than just that. And, yeah. and it's it's the totality of the experience. I know a lot of people are like, no, no, no. I'm I'm out there to achieve this, get this, and and carry on with my day. But that's just I don't know. That's just not me. That's not my philosophy. And it sounds like you're you're very much the same way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I've changed obviously what I'm what I'm taking out, but I, I definitely the commercial side isn't really part of what I'm choosing to hunt and whatnot. But I really, I just want the best gear that's going to serve for that hunt and uh, and price points obviously. A big part of it and then there's also another aspects of looking at, at you know spending money on it there's certain companies that actually uh they're not only uh out for the name but they reinvest into conservation too there's that there's that aspect too but uh yeah the the corporate social responsibility is is something that people very much pay attention to for sure. absolutely yeah but uh yeah when it comes to to putting a label out there you know it's i'm, I'm not that public I just choose what I think is going to work good and based off what I can find on the internet and go for it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really believe in brand loyalty. I just buy something that I think is good and yeah. I don't know. I've got way too much shit. I actually forget some of the stuff I have and my wife was chirping me for that because we, we went on a snow goose hunt, a uh, spring snow goose hunt up by Vagraville, you know, the place jet egg. <laughs> so um, we, we go out hunting there and I don't know. My wife was like, Oh, I gotta get winter whites. I gotta do this. I gotta get that. I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, whatever. So she got them. And then I totally realized I had a whole spare set downstairs that I had completely forgot about, bought brand new. <laughs> that, that probably would have fit her because, like, I think I bought them for my son. And uh, anyway, like, yeah, so I received tons of chirp for that. Because, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, I don't, I don't know, the year of the internet and the impulse by, like, oh God, I'm, I'm as guilty as the next guy. And it seems they like they made it so easy. I know. Just got to put your eyeball on the. The camera and you're good to go. You got something. I think in some ways, though. Oh God, I don't. I don't know. It, it kind of reminds me a little bit of like golf infomercials in the '90s. There's always like some new gimmicky advice coming out, uh, and oh, like yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that's new with the whole redneck chic thing, or if that's always kind of been around, or maybe perhaps I just haven't paid enough attention, or or maybe I'm just more aware of it now. But it's, it definitely seems to be a thing. There's some new device. Oh, the trinkets. I think you're you're hitting it. Yeah, there's a lot of that, and there's obviously a big market for it, but. Uh, yeah. So, so do you bow hunt mostly rifle hunt? I, I do both, and, okay. and uh, I certainly rifle hunted a lot longer, or you know, far far before I started uh, bow hunting. I picked up a bow in uh, 2015. It was the first time I bought a bow, and, I, and I've had some really good success with it so far. And and I did it initially to expand my season. I just realized, you know, I 
I was looking into seasons, looking into draws, looking into length of time I can hunt and when I can hunt, and uh, realized that if you shoot arrows, you're going to hunt a lot longer. And what, when it comes down to ethical kills, I would be happy to put a bullet in an ammo. You know, really realistically, uh, if, if it's rifle season, I will put up, a, I'll pick up a rifle. And and I love the challenge of the hunt, but I also care about uh, you know how efficient I'm going to take that animal. And if rifles on the table, then I would rather do that just simply for that. And that's just me. Everyone's different. I, I do love the challenge of archery. I, I love archery on the off season. It's 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 actually a passion of mine. A totally separate. You know, passion of mine now is shooting, shooting arrows. It's awesome. Oh, that's 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 a rabbit hole, my friend. Oh, buddy! But when it comes down to hunting itself, man, I will take the most efficient weapon. Will, if I'm, I, I will say, you know what? Uh, rifle hunting, just because you're going out with a rifle, a lot of people think it's easy. It's a gimme. No, there are no gimmies. No, yeah. And uh, with bow hunting, I know lots of guys who are exclusive bow hunters, and they've been probably exclusive bow hunters for ten years. And you know what I call them? Hungry, because I don't think any of the I think I think one guy of the five exclusive bow hunters I know has taken an animal in the last ten years. Oh, I couldn't agree more, man. Like, and, like, and, and yeah, and you're true, man. At the end of the day, I, we have we have uh, you know I would say excellent game management. We have the capacity to hunt these animals, and uh, you know if you want to come home with meat or you want to come home with a set of antlers or whatever, you have more than one tool to do it and. We have the luxury of, of, of hunting with all those things. And it's, uh, um, yeah, and you owe it to the animal to do the most efficient way of possible. Well, yeah, the efficacy of a rifle is kind of hard to, it's hard to argue with. And me, like, um, do you do any small game hunting? Like, I'm a small game hunter as well. So September, October for me, oh, man, that's waterfowl season. But so do I'm you, out, yeah, I'm out there blasting my shotgun like crazy. And uh, I know guys who are out there sweating their bag off in the tree stand. Yeah, Burr up, make it make all these weird noises. <laughs> they got every gimmick in the fucking book. Yeah, you know they got these weird. I don't know. They're calling a new weird pipe that they've worked down the tree, so the call doesn't <laughs> sound like it's coming from the high hills. And it's, I, I look at some of these setups, and, and you know, if it works, I you know, if it's stupid and it works, then it's not stupid. But uh, I, I hear some of these stories a lot, and I think there's a lot of pitfalls, especially if you're a new hunter, kind of getting into into yeah. bow hunting. I think bow hunting. For me, I always kind of understood it as, uh, like, like, if I lived on the farm, I would probably become a, a, a very regular bow hunter because I would just come home from your work day. I'd be up in the tree stand till dark. Okay, come on in. Or, I, I will hand it, you know, the, the reward, I suppose, or the feeling you'd get after, after a successful archery hunt, it, it is... It, there's definitely a tier above. Oh, I am sure the payoff is, 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 is premier. Because sure. you can't... If you have success without practice, you are fucking lucky. Oh, but there, there's a <laughs> tremendous amount of time, and and if you take it seriously, there's, there's a lot of tinkering and, and knowing your equipment and knowing but, what your bows. But the harder with. you work, the luckier you get. Right? Exactly, yeah. it's true. Yeah. It happens, 100%. man. Hundred percent. And uh, yeah, I will say, I will give it to bow hunters that the reward. You know, there's that degree of suffering and waiting and going, oh, <laughs> that, shit, that's 200 that, yards away. I wish that's, I all old, again. that's all hunting, yeah. for sure, yeah. Old yeah. faithful here would do that, but I can't do it with my, you know, stick and string. But but, but some, of the, some of the stuff guys do with bows these days, though, man. Buddy, I will second Ooh. that because... Yeah, uh, it's it's impressive. The, yeah, the longest shot I ever made last year, it, yeah, it was it was quite incredible. And, well, like, and, like, like 40 yards plus? A plus. So, oh, holy shit. Yeah, yeah. Christ, dude. That's like, you're, you're, you're like fucking hitting with artillery. Like you're a sniper at but, that range. Well, like. you, you, and then again, it's, it's knowing what you're doing. And, uh, but you know what? If you have the discipline, you got the skill, you put the hours in, I, I can see it. Yeah. I was for sure. calm. I knew, I knew where the arrow was going to go. Deer didn't give a shit about me. And, uh, 
let her fly, buddy. But anyway, yeah, it, it is. You put a lot of practice in. You can get them out there now. I mean, nowadays, bows are going a long ways. The sights, you know, we got sight tapes up to 100, 120 yards. Oh God, they got those constant send rangefinders on bows now. Yeah, like I don't know. Oh, yeah, everything. Uh, got it. The, the idea of a space-age bow sounds like an oxymoron to me. I'm like, come on, what, what? Like, <laughs> you know, but even rifle scopes. Like, there's rifle scopes like an auto... I know it's like having a whole fire control system right in your scope. Oh yeah, like yeah. it'll laze, it'll show your holdover. It'll uh, yeah, you know they're, they're doing wild things with technology these days. I agreed, agreed. I, I, that being said, you know, long range, a lot of people have a hard time justifying or they harp on it. You know, and think it's unethical. But when you think about it, you know, I, I know a lot of guys who shoot long range. I'm sure you do too. But uh, these. Guys, yeah, don't fucking pick up a, a rifle from Gabellas and go out and shoot a thousand yards. No, they These do These guys are investing time, money, and uh, a tremendous amount of effort, and, and they have a lot of knowledge behind the weapon they're using. I, I, I do not see anything unethical about that. They, the, they have worked for that. The amount of skill, effort, and, and just time invested, like uh, like the dope they got data on previous engagement i'm yeah. not talking about them just getting out and getting lit it's not a sticker from Cabela. <laughs> this is canada right? we're legal yeah like they, they they really do put in the time yeah, absolutely but a lot of them a lot of these uh these super long-range shooters i know they don't see it as a testament to skill to 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 just down an animal from that from that range to them at least the guys i know this this, this may differ with our listeners but they see the premier guy as the guy who can get within five mm-hmm. to ten yards mm-hmm. and, and take out an animal. Like uh, one of my favorite hunters, like uh, I, I hate the fanboy hunters, but you know it's it's inevitable. It's got Remy Warren. Are you, are you oh yeah, fuck oh, is, Remy. God, I, you know what? Fuck, I wonder if I can get that guy on the show. I wonder if he'd do it. Well, you know what? Our border is closed, so it doesn't matter. That but boy, anyway, that boy's got some skill, man. He, the, Just uh, listening and watching him. He's got yeah, yeah. Like God, he'll spot and stalk a whitetail. What? <laughs> Who does that? I didn't <laughs> even think that was a thing. But like, see, see, it, like. And, and, and you know what? Like, uh, I'm sure there's tons of other people out there who can do it, but but he's the guy I I know who can do it consistently and, and show it off in such a, a tremendous way. And I I really have a lot of respect for those guys guys who take their boots off and <laughs> and sneak around. And I know there's a company now. Like, God, I follow them on Instagram. God, I love Instagram. Oh, it's so good. I know, right? Like, it's the best of social media. It's <laughs> the, the quick hits. But they created, uh, I think they're called stock skins. You know, I'll, I'll have to look at them all. Oh, offline. I know what you're talking about. Those leather boots. Yeah, they're like these oh, leather yeah. boots you put on, and they're like cactus proof and shit. So you can oh, yeah. stock. Oh, man, that, like. Yeah. Have you hunted in prairie, in cactus country? Eh? I have. I uh, I did a section attack one year in Suffield in the middle of winter. Oh, and yeah, I went yeah, testicle yeah, right do down do into do a fucking it. cactus. <laughs> Right in my fucking coin purse, mate. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> Dead of winter. <laughs> have you have you done the uh, Suffield KS hunt there? Oh god. Okay. So I went. I did the Suffield elk hunt. Uh-huh. Um, yep. So it was through there. the Wounded Warrior Weekend Foundation, and they they do a lot of various stuff. They work with the Safari Club International Badlands chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, really good dudes down there. Uh, I I've had the opportunity to hang out with them uh, a few times. Really good guys. This is my first time with the w- Wounded. Warriors Weekend Foundation. They're separate from Wounded Warriors. That's a whole other mm-hmm. apparatus. You know, there's a zillion of these organizations out there. Mm-hmm. But they, they, we were hosting the base shacks, which is pretty awesome. Uh, you know, coming from the Armor Corps, I was pretty pumped to stay in the more I would from. But anyway, like, <laughs> they spoiled the hell out of us. Uh, I, one, of the, one of the things I will say, and like, I don't, I don't know if you've hunted on base or not before, but like, uh, got those safety briefings in the morning. Like, it's, it's, you have to go to the range brief. Flashbacks. Yeah. <laughs> Every orders. single morning. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. So we were there, and, and yeah. the amount of time. Oh yeah, spent. In, in, oh my god, it, 
I'm trying not to not off, right? And I'm there with a bunch of other smashed up dudes, and we're just like, okay. okay You're waiting for okay, someone okay, to scream okay, at you okay. to tell you to stand up. Yeah, <laughs> there's areas you can't you can't go into, you know. And you, you, you go to these train areas, they're, they're massive. They're massive. Like, it takes hours oh, yeah. to get certain corners, but like shit. Like they were searching every vehicle on the way in and on the way out. So it's it's like Mad Max. Oh, yeah. On the fucking way out. Oh, they're searching yeah. every vehicle on the way in, and you know, there's... You know, there's a couple Mo Mo corporals, a couple of regular first guys who just couldn't be fucking bothered. So if you're not in the first crew, they're not tearing your vehicle apart too hard. And, and you know, we're a bunch of smash dudes. They just they just kind of wave us up. But still, we're in we're in the fucking lineup to get to the training area. So like, God, there was times we didn't get to the hunting area because the elk were actually off the base that day. Like we didn't we didn't even get to the area where they were at till like eleven o'clock wow. during the day. So it all bedded down, and they were in certain areas where couldn't really get vehicles into. And like you know, it was it was not easy. It wasn't a gimme. And I think on the first day, there's only like three to five elk taken out. Mm-hmm. Whereas the previous year, on the same day, there was forty two taken. The first day, it's a it's a coin toss down there. I've actually been down there twice. Once on my own tag, and I once to assist for, for the elk, like, like on the big right. management yep. hunt. Yeah, okay. the elk production plan. So I went there with my father on my tag, uh, and and work hindered. Incredibly, I, I got down there for the last day of my what is it three day hunt? Yeah, yeah, they do them like three day blocks. Yeah, or, or, yeah, yeah. And and there was about maybe half a dozen of us in the briefing, so it went by pretty quick. Oh, but wow. I, okay. yeah, sure. because it everyone was... had already had success, and I thought, oh, geez, we're gonna get a sure thing. And uh, no, man, like last light, uh, we we knocked down a small bull. Um, <laughs> but but I I just thought it was gonna be like shopping in the old Zellers, you know, go find your bull and get her. <laughs> get her done but no it was significant and and uh and roads didn't work for us either we, we'd seen them we'd seen them and a lot of it was hiking around and uh i know a lot of guys have had success down there just jump out of the truck <laughs> but i i but heard i heard the I'm same sure it's thing happened, but it certainly didn't happen for me man and uh and the second time i went down there with matt you know the old shit guy he uh like a mudslide he, he went we went down there for two days and we came empty-handed um so it i mean man, it's it's a uh, it's you know, it, it is a hunt. It, it feels a little bit like Mad Max. Like uh, I've never had the experience of hunting with that much pressure around me. Yeah, um, it really makes you mindful of what you're doing. Um, you know, I felt really secure with a bunch of uh, like like every other car was a bat plate. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, and there's a lot of First Nations hunters out there too. And oh man, those guys really have some skill. Holy, do they ever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there they was navigate. They're they, quick. Yeah, like holy crap, can they can they really do it? And like I'm always like, hey, uh, hey guys, they're like, oh no, no, we're gonna, ah shit, like. <laughs> 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 I was trying to take a lot of learn what I can, right? Yeah. But 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 you know that kind of like you know it was a good hunt. I didn't have success, but you know what? Just because you don't have success doesn't mean you didn't have a good hunt. And it, and it was cool, like you know, it's that fellowship of the hunt. Being around with other guys, kind of in, in the game. I don't know if I'd do the Suffield hunt again. Um, yeah. If I was invited, I, I would certainly go. Um, I think we were talking earlier, or I saw it earlier. So you're going up to Camp Wainwright for the next one. Have you been out there before? Like, is it is it different? Or Again, is it very much yeah. the same? So that the old Matt guy, the guy who shit it <laughs> off the cliff there, he uh, was awarded that tag two years ago, um, and I went with him. And uh, just because you can have a helper, I went out with the help. Yeah, out. yeah. Um, and you get awarded two tags. It's 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 also a very busy busy place. Um, but having been to Wainwright. You know, substantially. I know a couple of good areas. Uh, we, we we ended up doing very well. We got uh, mule deer right off the hop, and a white-tailed deer not too long after. But I gotta tell you, uh, um, and I'm sure you've been there, just driving past the old shacks. You know, the old it was like, I think it's green roof and white wall brick. Oh, buddy, it's nostalgic. It was it was nostalgic for me. You know, did a lot of training at Wainwright and uh, cruising past there and getting to the training area. Fuck, it was awesome. And uh, I have been awarded, uh, it's actually my sixth year 
Uh, I didn't apply last year. I probably could. I know. Say again. I applied last year, got drawn, got canceled from COVID. Um, year prior, I think I 999'd it. Anyhow, uh, this year I've been awarded it. I'll be going out to Wainwright again this year on my own tag or tags. I think they still issue two. Um, here's hoping. But uh, I'm, I'm excited. It's been quite a long time since anything's had any pressure there. Um, it'll be great to get out there and, uh, and give, her, give her a whack. Oh, dude, that's, that's fucking awesome. Look at that, Brooke. Where are we at for time right now, dude? Oh, oh shit! I thought we'd be, t- you know, I could talk for ages, but we might as well carry on, like shit, you know, having a good time. <laughs> might as well keep rolling. Down have, you, the hill. Have, you, have you done a lot of work, or did you work in Wayne Raider? Have you been out there? What's oh god, it? you know, I haven't been out there for a while. Last time I was out there, I was actually on a pig hunt. Believe it or not, Wayne Raider. Yes, Wayne Raider. We talking about animals or We're females? Talking about Wayne Raider. Okay, man. okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh my god. So I was out there with my buddy, and uh, and he ended up getting a, getting a, you know the Eurasian wild boar, right? Like the <laughs> one the one that everybody on the road of the feral hog that everybody okay, wants to shoot. Yeah, yeah. So him and his buddy both shot one, and they posted it online. And the fucking comments, dude. the the you number one me. the number one comment I I saw that I laughed at for probably twenty five minutes. So it's him and his buddy taking a knee down on his de- down pig, and then they go, "It's probably not the first time you tag teamed a pig in Wainwright." Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it, man. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> And, and every army guy immediately knew that. Oh, right? yeah. Like, oh my god, that fucking killed me laughing. And it was through this uh, this group that organized it. <laughs> They're called Hagen Alberta, and um, I know wild name, right? So I got linked in with this guy totally randomly uh, through through a military buddy. So Hagen Alberta, they started uh, kind of a mission to just get like they wanted to hunt something different. They, you know, just the salt of the earth, just like. He's down home, Alberta guys. Yeah. They got a thicker Alberta accent than I do, which takes some, like, wow. And uh, they actually are linked in with Calgary's Veterans Food Bank. Okay. Yeah. 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 I've driven, man, I've driven past that place several times. I'd love to pop in there. Yeah, it's kind of depressing that we need a Veterans Food Bank. And the only Veterans yeah. Food Bank is actually in Calgary, which kind of, uh, oh, man, that's soul-crushing. Yeah. But the... Um, but anyway, so the, uh, a lot of the money they raise, they, they do veterans programming. They bring any guys out. And I think, um, you know, I'm going to have Ray on. If you, you know, dude, i got to have you meet Ray. I'll actually have you on the podcast to meet Ray. Ray. Yeah, Ray McKay. Dude, this guy has more drive than probably a whole company of troops. Beautiful. Holy shit, does he have drive, my friend. Oh, Ray. Okay, Ray. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, anyway, he, he got this all going, and they, they recently bought a bunch of land, and they're, they're breeding, buying, they got cabins out there. They're doing veteran programming. You name it. Like oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, fuck it. Yeah, yeah, awesome. we'll, yeah, we'll, you know what? yeah, we'll have to chat about we'll, that. We'll talk a lot. You need a refill, man? Yeah, you well, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the Hard Liquor and Hunting Stories podcast. Hard Liquor is, <laughs> is part and parcel. Wait, I'm looking at my production assistant, Brooke. I'm sorry, dude. Can you, can you hit us with some ice? Can I be that fucking asshole? Ice. Ice, yeah. ice, baby. I know, I know, right? <laughs> like, ooh, Yakuba. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Everybody listening probably knows what I'm talking about, but if they don't, that's fine. But, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Oh, he's a fucking good sport, man. I've known Brooke for, oh, shit. Hey, Brooke, what, 20 years? No, 21 years, dude. Holy, it's a long time, holy man. Fuck. Good pal. Yeah, yeah. Kind of lost touch for a while because, you know, I was in a career and social media didn't exist. And then we kind of ran into each other randomly at a mall. And it was like, dude, dude. There, there, are, there, there are not many good things about social media, but, but reconnecting with people is fantastic. And I, I think we have a mutual friend we discussed earlier that, uh, like I said, I, I would have never, never heard or seen from him again, man, if it weren't for the old IG. And uh, 
I'm not one for for social media, but I'll tell you what, it's there. There is definitely some rewards in, in reconnecting with people that. Uh, oh, you, you know, Handy P, buddy, yeah, Handy P, absolutely. man. All right, let's fucking get these damp here. All right, sweet. Smack these down. Sweet. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh man, these are going Cheers, down man. way too easy. Oh buddy, gotta commend you. Oh, sure. They're great. Yeah, why not? Well, this is the polarized vodka. Like God, like I got all this vodka kicking around because my wife just keeps buying it when we go camping. And like, don't get me wrong, I love camping, but uh, vodka just brings me back to the days where you're just trying to. I don't know. It was just I wasn't. Hey man, it's cheap and cheerful. <laughs> you know what? I like that. I like that. <laughs> so, funny story is uh, so several years for several years I was always throwing a Christmas party and yeah. I would unleash moose milk on a crowd of unsuspecting mm-hmm. civvy, civvy friends of mine. Whoa. So we would make it, and this friend of mine, uh, Doctor Norm, and he's like, "Dude, you're you're playing with fire when you put that. Out. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna get burnt, boy." Yeah. So I I I would put it out, and this friend of mine, uh, whose name also just happens to be Mark, thought it was non-alcoholic because that's how smooth it was. So he was mixing 1980s aggressive paralyzers with it, and I think after like two drinks, because it's moose milk, he stopped speaking English. Giggity giggity. Yeah, and everybody's like, "Dude, what's up with your buddy? Like, I can't understand a single word that cat's saying." <laughs> And when he finally left my house, he did like a chin skit down my front porch. Oh, you'll and remember that night. Then. He did. And I saw it happen. And I was like, dude, are you okay? And he's like, oh, I'm so fucking damaged. That was the only English I heard him speak. And then his wife shoved him into their car because they had a keys please show up for them. And uh, <laughs> he's driving a Cadillac at the time. And well, he's, serves he, him right there. Oh, <laughs> a beautiful car, right? Oh, so, he, so, so, nice. he, so he gets in the car and it's his car. He's like, man, it's a pretty nice car for Uber. How long have been driving for Uber for? And the guy's like, dude, this is your car. This is Keys, please. Like, come on, dude. What do you pay for insurance? <laughs> dude, this is your car. And it was like, <laughs> swipe as the next day, like, oh, my God. And, like, you know, we like to chirp him for that. But you know what? That just means he had a good time. Oh, yeah. Man. And, uh, and, th- and this year, because, you know, we couldn't really have the festivities. I don't know if we will either because, like, God. Yeah, the the party would start at noon and people wouldn't leave till four a.m. and I can't I can't I can't keep it together for that long. No. But anyway, uh, I bottled a bunch. I bottled it in like the old school like milkman oh, bottle yeah, that buddy, I delivered awesome. to people as Christmas gifts. And then like I started getting texts from people. Oh, thanks for the gift. And then the text later would be like, <laughs> <laughs> drunk texting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, like it'll be incoherent oh, yeah. after a while. And That's like, awesome. I'm hoping, I'm hoping this year we can do a Christmas special. Oh. And maybe we'll send it on moose milk. And hopefully we can peer pressure Brooke to get behind the mic after he's had like one to two and a half. Well, that's not going to get aired. That's going to sound atrocious. You know what? It doesn't matter though. Like, come on. This is this is this is. Brooke will be farting in the mic over there. Oh God, man! If you drink too much, you puke black. <laughs> that's blood, by the way. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all the bile and all the sores oh, for sure. So what are you? So what are you shooting these days, man? What? what uh, uh, I'm gonna ask everybody their caliber because, like, it's. Uh, I feel like it's obligatory. Everybody has to talk calibers. Calibers? Cal- okay, so we're talking rifle. We're talking rifle. Uh, well, I have a 300 Win Mag. Oh my God, you are so Alberta. I, I know. <laughs> it, it, it's not very common. I'm just joking. Uh, but yeah, you know what? I've had. A, I've actually had a variety. I, the, like I said, the first rifle I ever had was a 30 cal 303 British Lanfield. Whoop whoop. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I got one in the basement. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're great for clubbing animals. If you can't shoot it and you can't get the game, you just just go after it and throw it at it or whatever. Um, it'll work. It'll do it. Yeah. Um, my next rifle was a 270. Oh, I love 270. Um, and, and we're talking 270 specifically family. for like you know primo hunting rifles. This is what I want. So 303, 270. I dabbled in a few different calibers after that, but nothing. Really serious. I stuck to the 270 for for big game for a while, and then I opt uh, once. And, and and again, I 
for for draws and different game through at Alberta, I really haven't been in. I've probably been in for about seven, eight years for the draws and, and thinking, okay, I got elk, I got moose, I got all these things I got to kind of cover. And so I up, upgraded to a, a 300 win mag as my go-to all-around hunting rifle. You know, if I've got a moose hunt, I've got my I've got my deer tags, I've got moose, i got everything above it. I've got elk, i got elk, i got deer, i got everything. And the 300 win mag just seems to cover it all. And, uh, you know, depending on the projectile, i got to tell you, um, there's some wicked rounds out there that are, you know, copper jackets. There's really not a lot going on. It's just pure copper, and 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 you know, I, I yeah, shoot I think the Barnes TSX. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They make some now. pretty interesting uh, bullets these days, and, and, and it seems like uh, looking at the legislation elsewhere, I, I feel like we're probably going to be lead free within oh, yeah. shit, probably ten to fifteen years, and if not, because I, 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 I think, think it's, I, I think the UK they just banned plastic watts for shotguns. Yeah, and I really? think they're going land free. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, who the hell in the UK has shotguns? They do a lot of hunting. They, they, they're all about shotguns, shotguns man. Was that, was that for uh, downtown London? Or is that for? Uh, well, you you know what? Bird shooting um, is, they have is, a lot is really big in the UK. Yeah, uh, I, uh, I watch this channel, uh, Field Sports Channel. You're you're familiar with these guys? No. Oh, dude, it's really hilarious. They have an episode where they go hunt fallow deer on segways. With well, shotguns? <laughs> no, no, no. With rifles, like okay. like bona fide rifles. They have a compensator or on it, segways. Yeah, yeah. There's one. There's one episode. It's from a couple of years back. But like some of the hunting, like they do some legitimate hunting, and their shotgunning, Unreal. their shotgunning is uh, is bar none, man. Like they're they're oh, their skill, it. their talent. Holy There's a lot crap. of skeet going on over there. Yeah, yeah so they're uh, they're making the move to lead free in the UK. I think California, because because you know living here in Canada, like we're roughly the size of California. Mm-hmm. Well, like mm-hmm. not not geographically, I mean population wise, but yeah. they uh, they do kind of set sad, the tone. <laughs> population. We're almost forty million. Hey, come on, <laughs> Canada. We're like a real. We need country. more people. No, 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 no. We're, we're cool. <laughs> we're cool. But hey, you know what? You know what? Uh, we'll we'll take everyone, man. Like, come on, this this welcomes everybody. Berta, love it. Berta. But the uh, but but you know what? I oh god, you know what? I'm, I want to dig through. This. I don't I don't want to be non factual or pretend like oh that's what I heard. But like I think California, there's not a ton of hunters in California, even mm-hmm. though their population. Like I think they're shit, zero point zero four percent. Like it's nothing, but it's still quite a quite a few hunters. Yeah. they're actually going lead free soon. That's man. I got nothing against that, and and, and guy, it wouldn't stop anybody from doing it. If you go lead three in Alberta, it would not decrease the amount of people buying munitions. It, no. it would not. It wouldn't would make no, a difference. It might slightly increase. I don't know. I'm a, I'm a handloader. Do you, do you handload at all, man? No, I, oh. I you know I, I don't handload. Oh. I just buy old it's Barnes TSX. But that, you know, I know I know a lot of guys who do, and it's. Fuck, it's a whole nother hobby. But uh, I'll it tell is, you what. But having it demystified, I think, was a big thing for me. I so do like, my own arrows. That's uh, oh, but what thing, was that? It's like putting together a fucking hockey stick. Like no, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Well, okay, I got to put the fucking head on. The I got the shot. Configurations. Okay, okay, <laughs> different broadheads. Uh, there's all kinds of shit that can go what wrong that? with arrows. Dude, dude, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie though. Like God, one of the, one of the things I I think I I kind of admire about bow hunting is the just the variety of broadheads so i was looking online the there because there's a hunting page i follow called a uh, camo fire they're the ones where like they have the sale by the by the way this okay. podcast has no linkage with camo fire i'm just a super fanboy mm-hmm. of them so they'll, they'll like have certain products on there for like 24 hours they have one that looked like the space shuttle and it's called the shuttle broadhead so i was like god <laughs> oh, that is terrific what would that do to an animal <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, they just, like, like they have yeah. all these, you know it just seems so novel and cool and uh I'm looking at that and I realize, you know, I look around my fucking house and I, I don't know, I kind of look at my history a little bit. I was like, God, like I was just showing you my my fancy pick and net mm-hmm. basket. Yeah, like yeah, yeah you know, ninety nine percent of the shit I do, because <laughs> it's novelly cool. But <laughs> but well, anyway, anyway, Phil Man is the unenlightened bowman. 
I, well, I can tell you, and it hasn't been long since I've really dabbled into building my own arrows when it comes to uh, you know, shaft the- material, shaft length. That sounds great. Length. I know shaft length, all about that. Yeah. yeah. And, okay. uh, you know, how hard do you want it? How stiff do you want the spine? But uh, there, there's, you know, you, you choose vein configuration, you know, you know, right or left. It, 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 there's a lot of testing. It almost sounds know, like Cosmo Offset or helical. <laughs> yeah, man. And... <laughs> There, really, honestly, I'm telling you, man, you could, you could, you could fuck around for a long time before you find what's premium for what you're shooting, and and a lot of it has to do with your broadhead, the weight of your 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 shaft. <laughs> <laughs> How heavy is it? All and, dirty bites here, but yeah, although man. although shit, there's two empty bottles of vodka here, and we're talking about shafts. I know, right? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> anyway, but it, anyway, my point being is, really, if you if you do your research, you can narrow it down quite a bit. But man, every bow is different. Every shooter is different. So there's a, a, a so, swath so of, of are, factors. Are you, so I'm right-handed, but yeah. here's the weird mutant thing about me. I'm okay. a left-handed bow draw. What the fuck? I know I'm left eye dominant, but I shoot right. I uh, I play hockey left. I so, so, right. so say again. So you I got bat your, right and left. Your right hand is supporting the riser, right? Your left hand is drawing back the string. Um. Yeah. That's so messy. I know. I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm a Have you tried? Lefty. Have you tried the other way? You know what? I'm you, kinda, you swung on the other side of the base. I have. I'm kind of ambi when it comes to bows. And you know what? I blame you. you know those little like uh, sticky dart bows you got as a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, like a little, and they always they always have like a super offensive pitcher. You're traumatized when you're a kid. You were shooting the wrong way the whole time, probably. Well, well, shit. When my uh, when my son was little, I got him. Uh, I got him like the compound bow toy from Bass Pro with like Dude, the I deer. I just bought that for my daughter. She can't even draw it back, but she's just, yeah. She's oh just yeah, yeah, yeah. Over the yeah, it's like a little it's toy, great. and I had like the inflatable deer, and he hunted it so many times in my yard that the thing would not inflate anymore. But like <laughs> when you're going around with an inflatable deer, people think it's like a gag gift from like a steak party or something. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you gonna, gonna do with that, there, that Mark? Hmm? Yeah. You're gonna make that shit disappear really quickly, right? Like I'm sure my probably got CWD mark. You better oh. watch out for that. Oh, I know. You know, I'm, I'm kind of speaking of chronic wasting disease. Um, it was really strange. So the WMU I was in was Prairie WMU, mm-hmm. like Eastern Alberta. Um, so for a while it was monitored. Then it was mandatory head turn in. And then um, every friend of mine I know who went hunting out there, there was no heads that tested positive. But now, now the CWD line in Alberta, at least from the map I've seen recently, I I may being correct but it's like a straight line through the middle of the province now like it seems like it's moving more westerly like is that is that your experience or well actually actually this is really interesting so uh there was actually a webinar and this is something good about the backcountry hunters and anglers they put out a lot of webinars they're excellent from inf- information they did one well, on, they did one on hog hunting they did one on cwd they did one on pack dumps all kinds of stuff but but cwd we had an excellent guest Forgive me, I forget her name. She was fantastic. I might actually have to give that to you. You maybe throw that in the, in the link there. Oh, for sure. Because, uh, dude, she yeah, was yeah. full of, of juicy info for CWD. Dude, dude, we have a website now, and fuck is it half-assed. <laughs> yeah, we'll throw, like, we'll like throw just, her on there. I just clicked on the thing <laughs> to create website, and I'm like, oh, man, look at the waves. Oh, buddy, get on it, man. And and yeah. CWD, and for, for anyone who hasn't really done their own, re- it doesn't take long. It doesn't take long on the old iPhone to figure out that is a fucking disease it is awful you see what it does to the deer and uh one of the challenges i have when i'm trying to learn about it um a lot of times i get uk ads i don't know it's just because we're, we're a little uh anglophile here but it chinese water deer shows up way too much. water deer yeah cwd they've been, yeah, they've been eating bats I, I know i think they're the ones that have like those crazy fangs oh mud mud jack uh there's munch dude do they, they got them uh they've like the, they got them i knew i know an american guy was hunting them uh 
like in the demilitarized zone between North and South Korea. Oh, sure. man. Jesus. That... They're, they're, yeah, they're the little fangs. Yeah. Yeah. Tusks. Yeah. The, the tusks. They don't, they don't actually bite or, you know. Well, it's like they elk, fight, elk, fight elk in their ivory teeth, right? They don't have antlers. They fight with fangs. It's, it's pretty That's pretty theory. metal, man. It's a bunch of fucking undulate vampires going around just fucking biting each other. I don't know. Shit. I think I'd rather have the antlers. Yeah, you know, you, you but they're only the small. Headgear. They're pretty small. Yeah, yeah, they're cool looking though, man. Probably like, kick uh, them. They're kick quite, they're quite big in Europe. Like you see a lot of continental hunters. Munchaks, man, what? I might be totally wrong. Munchaks, it's probably called something totally there's different. Chinese water deer. There's, well, anyway, you know, we're we're diving into territory. That's all. Um, that's what I'm looking for here. Conjecture. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're we're half snapped, and we're talking uh, species ID. You know, this is the whole point of the show, man. <laughs> you know, like it, it's supposed to be like a fireside cocktail, but like we can't have a giant raging fire. Well, we could, but I don't know how the equipment would. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you burn right up. Manage, and I, I'm not sure how the production uh, team would would enjoy it. Yeah, would, man. Yeah, but anyway. So, so, so one thing I gotta ask you. You, you, you said you were gonna the, the WNU that you hunted before used it's to be yeah, mandatory. Yeah. It's it a, used to be mandatory, and it's no one thousand one. Oh, wait, 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 yeah. boom! Oh, it shit. was a mud jack. Oh, holy fuck! Look at those fangs. I got it right. Can you bring up Chinese water deer. It's a. It's probably Sh- a fancy name for it, Mark. You know what? I, I actually feel- want to wager this. I think I'm right. You're you know right. what? I'll wager you the next drink. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Whoever next drinks got a pounder. Okay. Okay. Well, I can send it. That's okay. I got. I got two hollow feet. I can do it. I don't see it. Oh, it's oh. the same fucking thing. Oh my god. All right. Wow, I just learned something new today. I guess we're drinking water. Two animals look the same. Um, I hate saying that because they're all they all have their their cool idiosyncrasies. Oh man, there's so many wicked species out there, and and, and, yeah, it could be all. So what's what's your favorite, man? Like, what's your favorite quarry in Alberta? In Alberta, or or just just in general, man? You know what to eat. I really like whitetail, and and that's not just me; it's my wife, my kids. White whitetail's pretty top notch for sure. We love it. And we eat it all the time. It's fantastic. Um, you know, elk is, I have, it is definitely a close second. And to me, elk would probably be primo be just because of quantity. Yeah, you know, the reward of getting off a bull is To a me, lot of meat. moose is kind of the one that's held in premier because, like, you can always kind of stumble upon elk. The other restaurant will have moose elk. Is- I, okay, it's not the same, but, like, you can never go somewhere and get moose. No, and moose is such a rare. Like to me, it's almost like a delicacy. Absolutely, and yeah. like um, I always cook it. Like I don't know, oh man, God, I love moose. <laughs> moose is wicked, and it makes awesome. I, I hate to say it, but processed meat. You know, sausages and all the rest. Man, does it ever make a swath of wicked meat? You can just wake up in the morning, hungover from the podcast, and throw a couple sausages on the frying pan with some eggs, and and just squirrel away. Kids love it. It's awesome. Uh, I like moose. I like uh, springbuck. Is really good. Uh, I, I feel like whenever I go to Africa, I have to shoot a whole bunch of them just to give the giant finger to the RCDs I know. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, kudu is really good. I, I like blue wildebeest. My wife didn't like it so much. Um, really? I like bear, too. Like, so, oh, so, man. so was your wife with you when you went to Africa? Oh, or? yes. Yeah, yeah. My wife. So, uh, so you you haven't brought. You can't bring the meat home. You here. can't. But here's the thing. Is there. You eat nonstop game meat you're there. So like um, one of my favorite game meats actually, which the one. Oh, my God. Zebra. Zebra. And I always make the joke like, oh, I thought it'd be white and dark meat. But like, <laughs> oh, my. Like, like dude, when, when I hunted Africa, I shot an animal. And it's so weird because like that's when the work starts. And they're like, yeah. oh, no, 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 sir. You're on holiday. I'm like, what? What the fuck is that? And then like they're ferrying you away. 
to like cocktail hour and they like, oh, so you might want to change it to those clothes. You're like, what the fuck? And then all of a sudden you're drinking champagne. You're like, oh my God, I'm Do such I an asshole. get ad. my hands bloody? Yeah, drink, yeah. Drink. You kind of feel like, you yeah. kind of feel like an asshole, but then you're, you're clinking champagne and then within seconds, so they have the South African bride, like this cool barbecue they bring out. And you're you're having a prime cut as your appetizer with the cocktail you selected on the little check mark <laughs> sheet they give you beforehand. You go and you're like, oh my god, I feel like an asshole, but this is terrific. And then uh, <laughs> and the meat, oh my god, like I don't know what it's about zebra meat, like whatever they hit it with, like especially if it's citrusy, like it just hits into the meat. And like I've never had horse cheval. To know <laughs> yeah, like because um, I don't know, eating horse and all birds is a little bit of a taboo meat for us for sure. Yeah, but you know, yeah. like I don't know, I feel like uh, this is how I know I'm an aggressive carnivore. Like when I see a super like beefy, bulky horse that's stampede, I'm like looking at the muscles. And this is kind of gross. Like, God, I feel like somebody's just like getting sweaty at a fucking weightlifter competition. <laughs> but I'm just like, I'm like looking at the cuts of meat being like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like thinking I would cut it up and serve it, right? Look, look at the loins. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just like oh, a total awesome. weirdo. I don't know if everybody understands that. And like, I, I, like, I love to hunt and butcher my own meat. Yeah, man. Yeah, like, uh, I, I, it's, oh, fuck. I got, I got this funny story. I'll have to share. So this friend of mine I had a high school with, uh, played football, rugby with him. He's uh, RMC grad. So, okay, yeah, so yeah. He, he was a major in the Air Force, you know, retired, came back to Calgary, mm-hmm. came to get back in honey. And uh, he was on blood therapy, like young guy, dude, like like roughly our age, right? Like some, really? Yeah, had some health problems. Anyway, oh, so he, uh, he cut his finger really fucking bad when, uh, when he was doing his deer. And uh, me and my best bud there, fucking Dr. Country, we're like, well, dude, like, go go fucking check that out. Like, you didn't have to cut yourself, you got to do the work. Like, <laughs> like totally just, just chirping him, right? So anyway, um, oh, fuck, where am I going with this story? Where am I going? What the fuck was I? This this always RMC happens. RMC grad. Oh, uh, okay. Anyway, anyway, yeah. You got so, her. You got her. You oh got my this. god, dude! I fucking had way too much. Like like my brain just went foggy and lost. So anyway, um, long story short, you know what? No, no, I'm lost. I'm lost. I am fucking lost. This is this seldom happens. Cut. But, cut. Yeah. Well, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. We can keep it because that's that. That makes it authentic, and it's all about being. Authentic. Look, it's in the title. It's in the title, Mark. I know, I know. What the fuck was I talking about two seconds before? And why is the vodka destroying my brain like I'm a fucking grade nine, well, grade nine girl drunk? Woo! <laughs> Shout out to Stampede season. But- <laughs> Stampede, yeah. yeah my, my, my Uber driver, he, uh, he's been fairly busy. This really? Stampede, yeah, yeah, he said that it's full full retard down there. They're, the lineup's you know, right till closing time on the tents. So apparently capacity's full. I actually have not savvy with the restrictions, but it's wide open from my understanding. So oh, shit, man. Well, that's cool. You know, it's I, good for the economy. Alberta, great for health. Yeah, you know, get get the goddamn jab. Like I had, I had already like, oh man, I'm skeptical. I was like, really, dude? Dude, do you remember before we deployed, we had to sit down? And I got seven fucking needles in both arms. And I stepped to <laughs> oh, and I was like, yeah. oh my god, I don't feel good. Yeah, I walked that one off because I went to the mess and uh, I just drank until I felt better. Oh, yeah. like, 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 come, come on, fellas. You've been through worse. Mm. <laughs> yeah. No, I have, man. It's crazy. Oh, shit. This is in a... I'm, I'm, so, I'm still so irritated that I lost that fucking story. It was funny. Yeah, he cut himself, had to stitch himself up. And I don't know. I was going somewhere with that. But you know what? I'll, when I play back the tape... I'm gonna be so embarrassed, but oh, like, it's gonna fire off from that. But you know your what? Eyes, you know, know, here's the funny thing: is I seldom listen to these episodes entirely because I can't stand. Well, I don't know. It's like anybody, right? Everybody's own voices, nails on a chalkboard. Listen, in, in your defense, I'm gonna tell you something. A few days ago, I was in Edmonton, Alberta, you know, oh, oh, Cham- city of champions, city of fucking oilers, <laughs> and um, I, you know, I was visiting my father, and 
you know, wife and kids went down in bed, and my dad and I were having a nightcap. And uh, having some scotch. And I told him about this podcast, and we chatted a couple couple stories. And Shit. You know what, dude? If you want him on. Yeah, you, you know what? He's a real good talker. He's he's funny as shit. But, oh, dude, uh, no, dude. I'll, Bill I'll here big, like big shout out. Because usually it's me struggling for an hour to get the words out of some of the guests. Hey, Brooke. <laughs> usually it's me like, come on. Oh, yeah. Come on, say something. <laughs> Speak. Yeah. No, no. So, so I'm like, dude, dude. Yeah. But my point was. Oh, sorry. We, hey. we were chatting. Don't mean to say we were that. chatting and I was literally saying, "Oh, maybe I'll maybe I'll tell him this story. Maybe I'll tell him that story." But man, it was probably two or three times. I was like, "Fuck, where was I going with this?" And he's like, "You are gonna fail miserably if you're drinking on that podcast. You're going down." That is the whole point, though. Because we've nervous. all been here. We've all been here, man. Mark. I've lost sleep. I was making sure I had a well hydrated. Uh, I ate a big meal, lots of calories. I, ibuprofen, uh, it's everything before well, this podcast. <laughs> well, it's tough because like it's weird because it's a small community that we run in. But we all kind of know somebody who knows somebody. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, oh yeah. And when I got, I got an email from you because I, I contacted BCHA and they were looking for board members. I was like, oh fuck. And my so wife's I, like, I don't run you. I gotta tell you, it's BHA. Am I saying BCHA? Yeah. So back country. Oh wait, back country. Oh, that's one. Hundred percent. BHA. Okay, well, fuck. You know, correct the fuck out of me hey, because oh, I. It's a perfect opportunity. How how dare <laughs> I get an organ? You know what? No, because I want to get organizations correct because like um yeah yeah no no BHA Alberta BHA. Yeah, yeah. You're good. Oh okay okay. So we still love you. Okay. okay, well cool man yeah because like I think last time I talked to you well, fuck we talked for a spell man. Yeah, you you and I had chat, chatted on phone. Yeah. About the AFI and, and I, what was I, going on. and and that was right in the midst of a. Full on pandemic and uh, yeah, I was out back. I was sitting right there. You can probably see the spot right there. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, oh my god, this sounds right. Like you know, just fanboying it because I, I like everything you guys are about. Oh, we'd love to get you more involved, man. And if you want to get on, let's uh, let's chat more. Yeah, we'll 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 chat offline, man. Because like, oh, dude, dude, I'm keen as fuck. And you know, here's here's the one thing I learned. Like, uh, a lot of these organizations, like. Showing up is ninety nine percent of the game, and getting people to even do that. Like uh, here we are. Usually, there's a there's another individual here. <laughs> <laughs> That's all good. I got his share of the drink. It's well, he's from Manitoba, so you get a whole good swath well, of the fucking know, prairies. He's probably in bed already. <laughs> he might be. He might be. Well, listen, man. There's a there's a lot of opportunities. A fast growing, you know, organization. Actually, I'll point out, PHA uh, is the fastest growing. Nonprofit organization, conservation organization in Canada. Ooh. It's going to be something, man. And uh, if you want to be a part of it, you want to give back. It's a perfect time to get in. And um, ground level for man. AFI, but it's it's been a slow year for obvious reasons. But it is time to get in, man. And we'd love to chat with you more. Sweet. Well, I I am key man, and uh, one of the things I find is there's a lot of or- outdoor organizations. We all know. Yeah. And uh, God, I don't know why we all gravitate toward organizations. Because me, I kind of enjoyed just being solo for a very long time. Oh, buddy, I, I like it quiet, man. I like it quiet. But yeah, but yeah. So, but sometimes you can't you can't help the draw. And like, uh, hey, dude, how are we doing for time? You're at an hour twenty. Hour twenty. Your longest guest yeah but you know what because i it's all because of the aeroshaft thing isn't it you know what? it That's might what be it is. but you know it's just because it's fun man it's good and it, uh, mm-hmm. the podcast is as long as it needs to nah, be it's been a pleasure to be here man. well you know why don't uh did you why don't, why don't we dial it dial it off here and like uh hey let's let's do some off offline uh cocktails out back there but uh 
Roger as, as our guest, dude, dude, thanks so much for taking time out of your evening to come here. And uh, you know what? I uh, I will leave the parting words of wisdom to you, my friend. Oh, fuck. make your pitch, make your <laughs> elevator pitch, what have you? Um, yeah, man, send uh, it. Jesus, <laughs> anyway. no pressure. All right. Uh, well, enjoy the podcast. I hope you enjoyed that. Um, there's some awesome, uh, awesome organizations backing this up. We got. SCI. Yes, for a club international Calgary chapter. We're yeah, anyway. <laughs> we got Backcountry uh, Hunters and Anglers, Alberta chapter and and national, really. Um definitely check them out if you're listening from out of Alberta. Have a look if there's a chapter in your province. If not, get on their ass and spot one up. We we have some American and uh, European listeners as well. Fantastic. Uh, yeah. So BHA North America, there's certainly a, almost definitely a chapter in your state. And if you are a serving member or a veteran of the armed forces, please, please, and I mean that, uh, please reach out uh, to BHA. We will get in touch. You can look at our Instagram page, AFI Canada, uh, the Facebook page, AFI Canada as well. If you're Canadian, if you're uh, American, Armed Forces Program, that would be the IG page. Check them out. Uh, fantastic programs awesome opportunity for veterans to get involved in protecting the public lands you serve for uh so get in there and check it out much appreciated thank you mark dude thanks for being here man and uh you know what i'm uh, i'm gonna say this from uh from the whole team uh, you're not gonna be a stranger you're, you're, yeah no no absolutely. yeah you uh, you got this drink coming along i'll be here any day <laughs> oh fuck it's beauty man well yeah, uh, thanks to all our sponsors thanks to all our listeners it is so good to be back bringing the noise to everyone wherever you may be and uh, stay safe out there. Keep hunting. Good hunting. Stay safe. Cheers.